Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Glad you could join us. It is the 27th of February. We are racing into uh, early spring. Uh, we we have been. I I I was just uh, I was just commenting with my wife a moment ago. We we tried to count up how much inch inch wise how much snow we've had. Now we had. I think I don't think we had almost any measurable snow last season. Last winter, the winter of twenty. 22-23, we're in 23-24. Um, I, I, I think if we had a couple of inches, maybe three, that would be amazing. We were just adding up or trying to add up what we've had so far here. There have been three different events, but in total, in total, we're talking under, I, I think, under, under, under 14 inches in total, three snow events and today the temperature will get up close to 60 around here uh the the only snow you see left on the ground and the last snow was about a week or so ago that that third event the only real snow are piles of where the snow was actually pushed into a pile by a truck that was clearing it away out of either a, a parking area back where we are over here or a road and or uh, down by here where we are over here in the lower Hudson we have a we have a big beautiful dock dock area right on the Hudson River and much of the snow around that part of our village here gets pushed up against the edge of the dock. Uh, and those piles back in the day could get really, really high. Uh, even, uh, even now, with the little snow we've had, those piles were getting as high as about maybe, oh, I'd say at least three feet or so. There was a time when you could push the snow directly into the Hudson River. That was permissible. But laws were passed because apparently with all the chemical treatment that you have in the snow and whatever else is in the snow, don't go near the yellow snow, you know, and this is where the Huskies, if, going back, going back. Okay. Um, that, that they, they passed regulations, passed laws saying you couldn't do that. So the most you could do was pile it up against the edge of the, uh, of the pier and there's sort of a, me a metal wall there and everything. And that is all that would be left of snow around here. There's one pile that I could see from my win from our window over here, looking down. Uh, you could see where it was piled up again by a truck. But that's it. it. It's just not there. And in every one of the three instances where we've had snow this year, it's been gone in no time flat. All of those times were uh, followed by relatively warm patches. And now we're showing warm right through the beginning of March, which is, uh, uh, what, uh, two or three days away this weekend, whatever. I, you know, I have to get, it's February. I see February 30, 30 20, except 28. No, no, no. How, does the, how does the rhyme go? And I have to figure out when March 1st is, but it's, it's coming up in a, in a day or so where it's, you know, that's it. And there we are, and here comes spring, and here comes daylight savings time coming back up again. And... Once again, there's hardly been anything of a winter. We had a snap of cold uh, in, I guess, this year it was in January. Uh, we, uh, last year, I remember December was exceedingly cold, but we did have a cold period. But, but looking back, you know, when you have that feeling, what have I been through this season? It's hard to see winter once again. And, 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 it, and it makes me wonder about people who claim that nothing is really 
changing simply because they're not allowed to think about it. How they, how they, they just can't admit to any scientific or factual or observational reality because it's politically inappropriate to do so. So your denial and the, even the ignorance inherent in your denial becomes part and, par part and parcel of a political identity. It's, you're a flat earther and it simply is the right thing to do to deny. And the pleasure is in watching someone rational, someone with some kind of a scientific uh, mindset, try to convince you otherwise. And you just sort of smugly say, "There's no, if I want to say it's blah, 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 it is. And that becomes a definition not just of yourself politically, but over time that has to become who you are. You, you, you are someone who basically is, is seeking conflict. You are basically, um, you're designed to be contrarian. You are, uh, you are defensive and angry. I mean, th th there's no real humor. You know, you, you, you could say, you could say uh, there is no climate change and wink, wink might follow that, knowing that everybody, you know, anyone who's lived anywhere in the country, especially in the northern areas, and seen these remarkable changes. I was, I was talking to people last night uh, at, a, at a little event. We had a memorial service for a friend who had, who had passed away about a year ago. And uh, I was talking to uh, his daughter last night. And uh, she and her husband, her kids, they have a place uh, upstate, uh, not too far from Albany, New York, where every winter it gets awfully cold and awfully snowy. And they're not far from an area that w which is kind of a pretty big ski area, Hunter Mountain, which is, which is a big ski area in the area. And she was saying that they've just had no snow there. And this is, again, the second year. There's just no snow coming up there. That part of the country, that part of New York, certainly, depends on that winter activity. Basically, it's a huge economic driver. You know how this works. It's not just the mountain. It's all, it's all the suppliers. It's all of the, the vendors. It's all the hotels in the region. It's, it's every, it, just, it just trickles down through the economy of the entire region. This is rough when you don't have it. And if you're, and if your rationale, or or if you're, if all you can, if all you're allowed to say in the conversation, because you have a certain political orthodoxy that's dictated by your, I was going to use the word guru, but it's really the cult master, the cultist running the show, who will deny anything, and and he begins with a big denial, of course, that you know that he still won the 2020 election, that's still going on, and here we are, 2024 at the next one. Um, you, 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 it's a humorless, I mean, it's just, it, it's got to be a difficult way to live. I try thinking of myself, how, how could I adapt myself to being in that world? Could I find, and I mean this in all seriousness, uh, it's not just because, oh, they're so stupid, I hate these people, no, no. Could I, could any one of us adapt to a world in which, or, or find ourselves in a world where it would be a a, either a default position or, or anywhere from default to a warmly embraced position to be that in denial of so many things and to basically be in a position where all you do is find blame and anger and you have constant grievance and you are... So you're, you're into conspiracy theories up, your, up the wazoo, and you are basically directed to sources of information that keep you, uh, give just the, the barest amount of, of information or disinformation, but there's always some plausible information that kind of makes it reasonable to be a denier of everything else. It just goes on and on. And, and, and I say the largest single 
thought that I have about this is the, and, and the, I, I get some conversations with people where you could have a, a reasonably pleasant conversation, but the moment that it drifts anywhere near politics, it becomes painful and they become incredibly defensive. And it's like, oh, you're not gonna, you can't go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and almost anticipating that there are going to be challenges to their orthodoxy and the bristles go up and there is anger and there is resistance from the get-go. And it's just this humorless, humorless life that Trumpians seem to live. I, I, I was watching uh, this morning uh, and I, like I say, I usually will flick, flip on Morning Joe for, for just a few minutes before I, I get back here and start the show uh, in the studio. Uh, you know, it's not a long, it's not a long walk. It's not a long distance situation. Um, Seth Meyers had Joe Biden on his show last night. I, I think Myers, Myers is, he's on NBC and he tapes, he tapes uh, at 30 Rock, uh, probably somewhere, I, I'm guessing they tape somewhere about four or five in the afternoon. All these, all these late night shows are taped much, much earlier. But Biden was in town, I think to address, was he addressing the UN yesterday? I know he was tying up traffic all over the city yesterday. And uh, I was I, I spent much of the day much of the day not too far from the UN right in that area, uh, but because we were off the highway it was okay. But on the highway you could see, and from where I was you, you, there were ways to just walk over and take a look, and you could see the 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 the, the, the FDR was completely tied up yesterday. And in any event, Joe Biden winds up on Seth Meyers' show, and I saw it this morning. I was at an event that what went rather late last night and we finally got back. Um, and the, the, the thing that was so indicative and, and, and so, um, what can I say? Endearing, is that the word I'm looking for? Is that he's able to crack jokes and, and he's witty and he's smart. <clears throat> you can call it the old Irish charm or call it whatever you want to call it. But he and Myers are going back and forth, and the audience is laughing their, their butts off because Biden is cracking funny jokes. Not just, you know, uh, you know, yeah, boy, wait till I get my hands on that guy. Ha, ha, ha. No, 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 no. Really, really funny repartee back and forth. And the audience is loving it. And everybody's cracking up, and he's managing to deal with some political questions while he's at it. And he's taking what would be, I guess, under the circumstances, relatively gentle shots at Trump and the others, saying who they are and what they are, but letting the humor really, uh, really flush out the reality and the truth of it. And I, and I found myself thinking about this almost immediately. And I knew that I was going to get to this at some point on air today. Have you ever heard Donald Trump crack a joke? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Have, he's, uh, we're we're going to get that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was such a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> that, what, what an idiot. She, she's a bimbo. What the, Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard Donald Trump crack a joke? You see, and, and the answer to me is, is no, never. Why? why? Why wouldn't humor be a mech? Every politician, a lot of successful politicians, know how to be charming and everything. Donald knows how to be charming, but it doesn't include real humor. You can be very, people can be charming without being really fun. You can, you can find yourself sort of smiling around them. They can make you feel, oh, thank, oh, that's so nice of you, thank. Oh, it's such, it's such a, I'm so glad to see you here. Boy, you're, wow, how great to see, boy, you look, wow, geez, you look better than you did 10 years. <laughs> thank you so much. 
but no real humor. The ability to crack a witty joke. What is it about real belly laugh, true deep humor and Donald Trump that just don't go together? Because for humor, you have to be able to have a sense of irony. You have to be able to see the inherent conflict in certain situations and to present them in a way to juxtapose uh, information that basically uh, is, 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 is ridiculous in its, on its face and you get to make other people understand the irony of a situation. And typically, it always has a very human component. It's people doing things. Sometimes it could be events, but it's, it's basically about seeing how people, the contradictions in human behavior, and to do that, and to do it effectively, you have to have the capacity to see the irony within your own actions. You have to be able to take a joke, take it well, and understand what the nature of human life is, that there are these ironies. And to be able to express them suggests, states, that you understand, really understand, the depths and the internal workings of people. And when you master this art of humor, or even spontaneous humor, as, as, as Joe Biden has all of his life, and he's, he could be a very funny guy. You, you should have heard him on Seth Meyers. He was just amazing. People can relate to that. That is a relatable level, and it is a positive level relatable level because it basically lets us poke fun at ourselves collectively, realizing that there are so many ironic things about us. But, but, but to, be, to be sensitive to irony, okay, you got to basically have some heart and soul. You have to be able to, to have some empathy and sympathy for people recognizing that we all have foibles. Donald Trump can't admit to anything being less than perfect about himself. He doesn't have this in him. He is threatened by any challenge to him on any level, physical, uh, uh, financial, uh, uh, intellectual, anything. I'm smarter than all the generals. I am, I'm, I'm worth $10 billion, $20 billion. All of my properties are worth uh, 15, 20 times more uh, than, I, than, 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 than anyone would say they're worth, until, of course, I have a tax bill, at which point they're worth uh, one-tenth of what anyone else would say they were worth. And it goes on like that and 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 this and this is basically the, the persona this is the mindset that he's pumping out to his audience his audience is constantly fed grievances about what someone else is doing to them I, I, I've, I've, heard a, I've heard an argument, uh, and it makes sense to me, that Donald getting himself into the legal jam he's in right now, if he weren't in that jam already, if, if he hadn't done things over the course of years and had behaviors that were consistently negative over the course of years that ultimately ended up with all of these lawsuits and these criminal lawsuits, the 91 counts that are up against him right now, he would have found a way to make it happen anyway. He would have done things because part of his, his persona, the thing he projects to his audience, is a grievance with everyone and everything. And he would have found a way to find the justice system all the more unacceptable. And what more unacceptable, what more deep state, what more, aha, I told you so about them, state could you be in, than to be the object of criminal, of, of, of criminal uh, accusations. Uh, how, how much, and, and look at how many, look what they're doing, they're piling one on top of the other. It is, it is a perfect it is a sick but perfect place 
for someone of him like him to be. And of course, being Donald, what you don't have in wealth, you now have in, in grievance and oppression. Your wealth is transferred from your pocket, or, you know, metaphorically, from your pocket to the amount of grievance and grief and oppression that you are receiving. If you have a sense of irony, you could laugh at that. You could find, granted, it's yourself. But you could see someone can look at it and say, yeah, you, you, know, you, you were wealthy in money, now you're wealthy in grievance. And it would be a laughable thing. It's, it, it, it's, it's an ironic situation. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and Donald is missing all of that. He, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a, an iota, a shred of... I, of, of I, ironic uh, sensitivity because that would require exposing those hidden parts of himself, the hidden parts that we all expose when we are able to joke. Now, you can. there are plenty of jokesters who are out there doing it all at other people's expense. I'm, I'm thinking of the Don Rickles type humor where you're just basically pounding away, but people are laughing. But in the end, you always come back and you always lighten it up and you always, you find a way to basically show that we're in this together. There has to be a, we're in this together and it's not horrible. Donald's concept is we're in it together because there's no other way to survive and I'm the only one who can possibly, I can walk out on stage, I could, I could give you that Mussolini, the Mussolini grin, and basically, you know, start knocking people, and you'll go, ha, 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 because you like the idea of people being knocked. Not any kind of deep insight into why that knocking is taking place. No one's going to look internally and say, well, we're sharing grievance, and we're, ab- we're obviously not interested in any factual probation about anything that we're laughing at right now, but we're laughing out of nervousness and out of fear. And... And after a while, you become addicted to this, and we're seeing all that. You know, you get people on the sides, you know, one-on-one. I've seen this, you see, with politicians, you know, saying, oh, God, I wish someone, the guy, we got to get rid of this guy. is just dragging the party down. I mean, it's, oh, we can't, we can't. And then you get them in a group, and they do anything that Donald wants. Donald uh, says, uh, we can't, no, don't send money to Ukraine or Israel. No, 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 block all that now. <coughs> oh, okay, Donald, we won't. Uh, no, 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 don't, don't fix the border situation. I mean, the Democrats, you know, uh, yeah, the, 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 the joint group there got together, gave us a bill that, has given, that would give Republicans more than they could have ever imagined. No, 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 don't do it. I need that to run on for the next six months. Why? Well, because I said, but yeah, but Donald, don't you? No. Okay, 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 whatever you say. And, and, and this is the result and, 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 I, and maybe I'm making a, a, a long stretch here, but it's, it, it's largely the result of an incapacity to recognize the irony, the humor, the true deep humor that is inherent in just being a Trumpian type. It's hilarious what you have to go through and put yourself through and the, and the hoops you have to, you know, th- that you have to jump through continually. There is, and, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more of this, and there has been, and that's why his stuff has been such great fodder for the late night shows and for Saturday Night Live and all of these things that, that of course, his followers aren't allowed to see or so they know, they know not to watch. I mean, there, I, I, I have a feeling there's no great uh, Trumpian audience for Saturday Night Live uh, unless... Unless you are not really a truly converted Trumpian, but you have no choice. You are sucked into the vortex of the, of the cult by virtue of your job, by virtue of where you live, by virtue of how your family is, by virtue of how your friends are. You dare not not be a jerk. 
I, I was I was looking at the results from South Carolina the other day. Nikki Haley uh, has, is in the race, staying in for now. You know, I mean, once Trump has uh, presumably by middle or late March at at, at the latest, uh, with all the other primaries out there, he will have already garnered a sufficient number of delegates to tie up the Republican nomination. And yet Haley is in there. Now, she's a very intelligent person. I, I disagree with her politically. She is astute. She can crack a joke. I've heard her crack a joke or two. In the early days when, uh, of, of the early primary season, uh, her, she was, like everybody else, being loyal, uh, other, than, other than, I guess, Chris Christie at that time. She was loyally, uh, ne never really touching Trump, just trying to find a way to be up there. It, it was almost like a beauty contest for vice president is what it came down to, and no one would touch Trump. And we've watched her evolve, and she's picked up on the obvious obvious faults of the guy. I'm not sure how much humor she's been able to interject, but she has, she has a capacity for irony. The woman definitely has that. I, as I say, I, I do not agree with her political positions by and large. Well, she was supposed to lose her own home state. She'd been, she'd been governor of South Carolina, but she was supposed to lose that, her state the, 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 one of these bellwether states that, that, that it's a, one of the early primaries, I think it's like the third. Well, actually, it might be the, what's the first? Because you actually have caucuses in, well, I'm getting, I'm getting in the weeds, deep in the weeds here. Um, she was supposed to lose that by something like 60 points or, or 70 points at one point. By the time the votes were tallied, she had lost her own state, which is not, a nice thing to be able to do, but South Carolina is the most conservative state in the union. They're, 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 they're plum loco. By only, and I say only, something like, it was 59 to 30, so it was 20 points. 20 points separating her and Trump. And they were doing a, a whole bunch of exit interviews with people also. And these are now people who had gone in and voted in a Republican primary. Now, South Carolina, by the way, allows anyone to go in and vote. But it was under. But the question as posed was, "Are you a Republican?" And these are the responses of Republicans, as I understand uh, the uh, the information that came out as they came out of voting. You know, just after voting interview, a full 10% of the people who had voted for Donald Trump. 10% of them said they would not vote for, no, no, 10% of everybody, all had voted, of everyone who had voted, said they would not vote for Trump in the general. They would not. Something like over 20, no, 25 or 26%, this was, this was the amazing statistic. Something like 26% of them said, that if he were criminally convicted of anything, any, one, one of the 91 counts between now and, and, and the election, a pretty damn good chance that at least in New York, the New York case, he will have a criminal conviction on at least one of the many counts that are up against him right now. And that, is that included in the 91? Was New York always included in the 91? This, this, the, I think of this as the, uh, the Michael Cohen case. This is the part, part of this case. Well, that, now it's all about the part uh, with the giving the money uh, to Stormy Daniels and all this other stuff and paying her to shut the hell up and not say anything and, and killing the story with the National Enquirer and all this other stuff just so he could basically affect the election. Totally illegal. You can't do it. It's a crime. And that's part of what Michael Cohen went, spent 18, years, 18 months upstate in prison. Uh, I think is I don't know what it was reduced, typically reduced down to 18 or less months for good behavior, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it, that, any one of those the charges, and, and we have it, it's a paper trial in many ways. His name is on the check, paying it to Stormy Daniels. Oh, I was only, I was only paying, I, th I thought, 
I thought that basically she needed additional rent money. I'd met the girl at one time. She was uh, down in her luck, and I thought I'd give her $127,000 to help pay her. Uh, who the hell knows? Let a non-ironic, you know, wannabe mob boss kind of, you know, uh, make up his own excuses. And his lawyers do. They come up with cockamamie crap that has no legal basis. Everything is geared to basically public relations. <coughs> let, him be, let him be found guilty of any one count in, that, in this trial. And the trial is beginning in a matter of days. It's going to happen in March. And according to people coming out of the polls in South Carolina, 26% of them, they, and these are, these, are, these are Trump voters, or voting for Trump, they would not vote for him if that happens. Now, you know, we're hearing stuff about Michigan, and, and there are a whole, but there's a Michigan primary coming up. Is it today or tomorrow? I think it's today. Yeah, and there, uh, there are, you know, because of the anger within the Arab-American community in, in, in uh, Michigan, it's expected as many as uh, uh, anywhere from zero to 10,000 people might vote, vote rather, and this is a Democratic primary, might vote uncommitted, go in there and vote uncommitted as opposed to a straight vote for Biden. Why? Because they're unhappy with the way Joe has dealt with the Israeli uh, Gazan issue. He hasn't been empathetic enough. He hasn't pushed the Israelis hard enough to basically stop everything that's going on. He hasn't taken their side. And, and this is the, probably the first time that, that, that Gazan Muslims have felt uh, that they uh, have the that that the the, the world the country the, there's been a phenomenal I mean forget all all of the horrors and everything else just for the moment there has been a, a marvelous public relations campaign conducted by Gazans here in America oh, well not Gazans but you know Arab Americans generally Muslim Americans generally. To make it a viable thing, a reasonable, a rational thing, to basically say that Gazan rights, which have been trampled upon in the process of Israel going in and cleaning out Hamas, so it says, why can't the President of the United States make it a black and white issue, like we do, and like, and like appeals to many kids on college campuses, that's how college kids are quite frequently. There is good, there is evil, I will choose good, or however, whatever the situation is that is con con conformed into the image of good, Israel is having a hard time with that, even having had 1,400 people murdered and then another 250 or so taken hostage and all that. What the aftermath of that with Netanyahu, which is a hugely complicated situation where this guy is in the middle of a political problem and it goes on and on. Rather than try to solve this, what, what is a solution that we're going for? The easier thing is always simply to blame someone. So that if you're going into the, if you want to apply this to a Trumpian mindset, and, 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 and here is a, and, and, well, grievance is universal. You don't have to be Republican or Trumpian to have grievance. But you simply say, Gaza, good, Israel, bad, and that is enough. It, it translates down today in Michigan to what could be as many as 10,000 Arab, Amer uh, you know, Muslim American voters. I don't know, if, I doubt if they're all Gazans or, you know, Palestinian. No. Just finally saying, I have a way to express my grievance. I've felt grievance at some point in my life. And certainly even here in America, uh, people, you know, being negative towards me because of my Muslim roots or my, maybe, maybe I'm Middle Eastern, maybe I am from that neck of the woods. But I can finally express that by saying uncommitted when I vote in the Democratic primary. Oh, because I happen to be Democrat, a Democrat. 
my affiliation is democratic. And, and that's the thing that I'm not hearing emphasized enough by the people, the commentators in the liberal press, who are saying there could be as many as 10,000 uh, Michiganders who will vote uncommitted in the Democratic primary. Operative words, Democratic primary. Uncommitted, but I'm an uncommitted Democrat. Or, or am I switching to Republicans? Um, no, no, I'm, I'm going to vote in the Democratic primary uncommitted. Will this have an effect on Joe Biden winning? No, of course not. But is it, it's, 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 is it an implied threat to him for November? You could take it that way. And it depends on how far some people want to go. But, but here's a little, a little you know, blast from the past to our Muslim American listeners. One of the first things that Donald Trump did as president when we accidentally voted him in as president of the United States in 2016 and 2017 when he came in after the most dreadfully dark angry, grievance-laden speech, you know, inaugural speech, divisive that I've ever heard in my life and never want to hear again. One of the first things he did was sign a Muslim ban. People, do you remember this? One of the first things he did, here's who can't come to America because of their religious affiliation. We don't care who you are, what you did. We don't want to look at you as an individual. We need to be able to simply look at you collectively and add you to our lists of grievances. There is a Muslim ban. And he added to it over time, but it was a Muslim ban. Where were the Muslim Americans at that point, um, and there were a whole bunch of countries. Where, where were the Muslim Americans at that point? Well, this is, this is Trump. We, 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 we were angry about it, we're upset. You got coverage of that, I remember at the time. You got some news coverage of it. But did you expect him to therefore change? Was there a, was there a question of, well, this is a deep issue. There's a lot of things. Yes, there has been some, some Muslim-related violence. We don't want to have that. There was, the, there was all that, all the movement throughout Europe in those days, basically, uh, with the, uh, with all of the, all of the, Europe, all of people. Europe was, had opened itself up to emigration from the various surrounding Mediterranean Muslim countries. And, part of the EU, that was the whole process, and they were getting those waves and waves of Muslims, and Trump found a way to basically piggyback off of that level of grievance and claim that there was immediate, absolute, total danger, and went in with his Muslim ban. Was did that, did, was that, was the result of that that all of those all of those countless Muslim American Republican Trump supporters suddenly decided to switch over to the Democrat. No! They knew who this guy is. Everyone knows who this guy is. There's no thought process involved in any of what he's doing. There, there's, no, there's no incredible balances and historical references. Joe Biden with the whole Gazan-Israeli situation, is balancing so many, he's spinning all those plates on sticks like the old guy on Ed Sullivan used to do it a billion years ago. And he's trying to basically come through and out of this in the best possible way. But to, for everybody involved, Knowing that Netanyahu is basically on his last legs politically once all this ends, knowing that many, many of the Arab states are as, as virulently anti-Hamas as the Israelis are at this point, 
trying not to let everything fall apart in a larger war, but not being willing to sacrifice Israel at the same time, knowing that there will be a future need and has always been a need for a strong Israel within the larger world of the Middle East, the Muslim world of the Middle East. Does Donald Trump ever, have you ever envisioned Donald Trump trying to basically balance competing in multiple interests and looking deeply at a situation and asking people to understand that this is not an easy call. Because when you're trying to solve something, not simply place blame, but solve a situation, it ain't as simple as just saying, Gaza good, Israel bad, I will, uh, I'll vote uh, uh, uncommitted. Uh, okay, and then what? Well, if it has, if it's not, you got nine months before the election. You really think that this is not going to get resolved before then? It'll be resolved enough. And then what? If you don't like it, if you don't like what Joe is saying, we, are you going to go for Donald? Are you going to say, gee, I, I, I know we'll get a much better deal out of Donald. Donald is all, all about caring about the Muslim people. We know that Donald's one of our guys. He's in it for us. No, he's in it for himself. And the deeper we get into this election cycle, all we're getting into is a deeper and deeper place for Donald with all of his legal woes, with all of his judicial woes, with all of his court dates, with everything else. With, and until that first finding, and it could come relatively quickly, we could hear it as early as April, as sometime in April, maybe in early May. Guilty. Donald Trump, criminal, guilty on X count. Does he get to go upstate New York and, and spend time in prison like Michael Cohen did? Probably not on this one. But he will be an adjudicated criminal. He is a felon. And 26% of the people who voted in, 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 uh, uh, in, in South Carolina a few days ago have said, Republicans have said, no, that's it, he's off my list. Now, Practically speaking, you go into the ballot box or wherever you go, and, yet, and, and we've seen this happen already. And there's a list of candidates, down-ballot candidates, and you go ahead and you fill them in, and you don't fill in any name for president. And what you've done is effectively is simply just shifted the balance towards Joe Biden. That will happen many times. And, it's, and there are many people, and if, and if the most conservative state in the country, the South Carolinians, probably one of the most conservative states, if 26% of them who are voting in a primary, they come out and they say, I would not, I cannot, I will not vote for the guy if he is, if he is adjudicated to be a criminal, if he is found to be a felon. I can't do it. I know better. <clears throat> yeah, I know I'm a Republican, yeah. And you begin to see also what the true parameters are of MAGAism. Again, great public relations through Donald. You get this, and, and, and the fecklessness of the U.S. Congress and, and the insanity of the Alabama uh, legislature, the judicial system, they, their court comes out with, yeah, a, fee, a, a frozen embryo is a child. Like, and, 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 and the crazy chief judge of the court quoting the Bible and saying, this is the way it was supposed to be from the beginning. This is how, insanity. And, and all of this is presumed to be absolutely set in stone and all Republicans are part of this. No! No! MAGA is a piece of Republicanism. And it is driving wedges between itself and rational people. Like the 26% who said, if the son of a bitch basically is, is convicted, I can't vote for him. Why? Well, because, you know, my, I, my, 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 my loyalty, my cultism isn't like, what, the uh, 40% maybe, 40, maybe, could it be 35, 40% of current Republicans who are in the cult with Donald? We're talking about a minority of the country and a minority within the party. It's a minority of a minority. 
And we are, we are suckered day in and day out by the anger and the grievance to imagine that this is this overwhelming force. Well, yes, only if we let it be. It's humorless. It's angry. It's fearful. It is Donald, and because Donald is perpetually out there, we extend, we, we offer, we, 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 we coat everyone and everything around him with this shield of almost invincibility that he seems to have about not being convicted, and we, we kind of extend that to the, to the power and the force of the, of, the, of the cult that surrounds him, and we imbue it with far more power than we should. When this man is finally convicted, and he will be, oh my God, do things change then. I've said this a number of times. We, we have this need to extrapolate in, in, in this crazy nonstop uh, media cycle that we're in. You know, there, there's, no, there's no today's media cycle, today's news cycle. The news cycle is never ending, always evolving, and it just keeps going and going and going 24-7. But just to kind of slow our brains down, slow it down, there is this, I, I would argue, a natural human tendency to want to uh, extrapolate from the moment to the future to just take any one event, just to slow it down and basically extrapolate outwards and say, yep, what just happened today, that's the bottom line. So, so if, if we Democrats have a good day, we extrapolate, that's it, oh, it's wonderful. If tr some, some particular strength or some negative about Democrats gets into the news, that becomes the point of extrapolation as well. And things are horrible. They're terrible. And you start seeing in your inbox all kinds of, hey, it's about to end. Biden's about to send us money. And the Trumpians are doing the same thing. There, there is this tendency. Now, we, we, are, we are the adults in the room. We have a capacity for irony. We can accept science. We can accept facts, actual objective facts. We are not wedded to a clinically narcissistic lunatic, madman, who basically cannot get past his own infantile needs. We're not wedded to that. We can think. There are nine months until the election. Within those nine months, Donald Trump will be convicted of at least one of the 91 counts in some court that he is currently uh, basically facing. And when that one count, when he is convicted and called a criminal, a felon, he is a convicted felon, in the state of South Carolina, one of the most conservative states of the union. He just lost 26% of the Republican of the Republicans who voted in the primary. Now that wasn't 100% of all Republicans. But primary voters are your really core core people, the people who who show up. Now, if that could be the case in South Carolina, the most ultra ultra conservative. Imagine how that might be magnified around the country. You want to feel good about something today? besides the fact that we're getting an early spring pretty, over, pretty much over the whole country. Make that your reality. D don't, don't avoid facing any faults that we may have as a party. Don't, don't avoid difficulties that may exist with a far, the, far, the furthest left wing of us or anything else. Simply, basically understand that our job is to make America a good democracy. The MAGA crowd, at Trump's behest, their job is to save Donald. And they have to do it by sharing his anger, his grievance, his grief. They have to share his neuroses. They have to become clinically depressed. I, 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 we could get into that forever and so on. You know, I'm not going to go there, you know. But it's clinical. Read, read, read his niece's blog, Mary Trump. It's very interesting. Which, well, 
She is a, she is a clinical psychiatrist, a psychologist, and can say these things. Uh, going back to, I guess it's Douglas, I, I keep going back to Douglas Adams, my God, Hitchhiker's Guide. Don't panic. Don't panic. Look at everything that is around us. Look at what is really out there. And don't panic. But do those things that are best for getting Democrats back in the House, the Senate, in control, and the White House, maintaining that, so that we can continue the American liberal democratic experiment, the one that we started 240-something years ago, basically in, in, in total contradiction of the divine uh, right of kings, in, in total contradiction of the notion that church should predominate state, the loony, the loony crap that's coming. Well, we, we've done this stuff before. We've, we've kind of gone through periods where church basically, on a, on a practical level, was taking over much of state or, or working in, 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 in lockstep with state. But we've gone too far to go back to that stuff. There's too much information out there. To have the, the kind of idiocy that may have, I, I call it idiocy, things that may have been against the basic core of America's, American democratic structure, but we're still resonating with, with a sufficiently large segments of the country. You can't go back there now and say, well, we've been there before. We could, we could get through it again. No, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have social media. You didn't have instantaneous uh, universal communication of positions, and, and whether lies or truth. And you didn't have someone who, was, who didn't give a damn about the country and was ready to take it down. In fact, was promising to take apart all the, Democrat, the, the key democratic institutions, judiciary, everything, just so that he could get even. We never had that before. So the argument that we've been there, we've been a little crazy in the past, I don't buy that either right now. We will defeat Donald Trump at the polls, if he makes it to the polls. Don't still, still don't discount the possibility. And certainly Nikki, Nikki Haley is not and her supporters are not, and the people that back her are not. Don't discount the possibility that Donald may not be on the ticket. Yes, right now it's like, yes, uh, I, I just have the new RNC people and I'm putting my, I'm putting my daughter in as the co-chair of the RNC and everybody, yeah, that's it. And you're going to keep, and the, why am I, so that you can keep paying my legal bills. That's exactly what this is about. Oh, okay, 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 Donald, say all the politicians scared to death to be anything but publicly members of the cult. How do you, do you think that that is going to be a permanent situation when all the down ballot people around the country, all of the local legislative seats and everything, the House and everything, the, suddenly the RNC has no money for that? You know, the RNC, RNC coffers are at about half the level of Democratic coffers right now. All the money's going out for Donald's legal bills. You don't think all of this is going to evolve into something else as we get closer and closer? Guys, you know, chill, chill. It's, it, we're we're going to have, hopefully have an early spring. We're going to have a conviction of this guy somewhere between now and then. And things are going to continue to evolve. Do not extrapolate from any one moment around, you know, what's going on here in the present. Do not extrapolate to the, the, the ends of the earth or imagine everything it will be based and nothing else will intervene and this is exactly how, no, no, just don't do it. Chill, don't panic. If I, could, if I could ask you all to meditate even, to find a way to do that. Find, and, and, and find your inner irony while you're at it. <laughs> find the humor in it all. There's a lot of it, believe it or not. And, and if you get a chance, go back, go online, go into YouTube, and check out Joe Biden's appearance on Seth Meyers from last night. Now, that would have been the evening of the 26th of February. Damned funny. 
and I would put this guy's mind and his and his and and his intentions, his good intentions, I would put them up against anybody. But mostly, don't panic. Okay, thank you, Douglas Adams. And I, I, I would wish him the same thing I'm about to wish you. L sit back, don't panic, and do it all with a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know. We all know. We can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Sandra Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Ah, if you were watching Seth Meyers the other night, you realize that Joe Biden has a wonderful, abiding, a, 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 a deep sense of humor, which requires a sense of irony, which requires a, self, a, a, a capacity for self-reflection, which requires an ability to basically laugh at the world, which means you can't live in a grievance-laden world, which is what Trump world is all about.